Book Four, Chapters Twenty Nine and Thirty of Amadis of Gaul. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Amadis of Gaul by Vasco de Luveria, translated by Robert Saudi. Book Four, Chapter Twenty Nine showing for what reason this gasculan king of sweden sent his squire with a demand which you have heard to amadis you have heard who this gasculan was and in what manner he became the king of sweden this king was enamoured of a princess who was called the fair pinela and by her father's death became a lady of the strong island which was near sweden she because gasculan was of the race of the giants and in himself proud and overbearing would never encourage his hope but because her chiefs feared him and she herself saw no other remedy to prevent his love from changing into exceeding hatred she devised this means she told him that it was a determination and what she had promised to her father at the time of his death never to marry any other than the best knight in the world to find who this might be she had dispatched messengers into all foreign parts and the tidings they had all brought back was that a knight called amadis of Gaul was the bravest and the best knight in the world who undertook and achieved adventures which no other dared attempt if therefore he was so strong and courageous would seek out this amidis and conquer him she would then fulfil her promise to her father and make him master of herself and her kingdom fully believing that he would then have no peer this she did in the hope that gasquilian strong as he was was no ways equal to amadis when the squire had brought him this answer he exclaimed my friend you tell me that i most desire to hear everything is now as i wished and i shall win the law of my lady for i am the gasquilian whom you know then he called for his arms which were after this fashion the field of his surcoat and the bever was murray bearing griffins or his helmet and shield were burnished and bright as a mirror and on his shield he had a griffin gripping a heart in his talons wrought in gold and fastened into the shield with golden nails and garnished with jewels by the griffin he gave to understand the great rigour and cruelty of his lady and that has that heart was pierced by his talents even so his heart suffered from its mortal desires he took a strong lance whose iron was long and bright and going before the emperor besought him to not let his troops begin the attack till he had performed one joust with amadis as he had agreed with him and he bade the emperor not to hold him as a knight if he did not in his first encounter rid him of his enemy the emperor who knew amadis better than he did because he had proved him thought within himself that this was more easily concited than performed so gasquilian advanced forward between the armies who both halted to witness this single encounter between two such knights amadis was ready to give him his welcome he knew him to be a brave knight yet because he was so arrogant and vainglorious cared little for his valour for when such men as he are in their greatest need then god breaks their pride he turned his horse towards him and covered himself with his shield and giving the spur rode at him with all his force gasquilian did the same driving at full speed their lances flew up in shivers their shields and bodies met with such force that all the beholders imagined that they would both be dashed to pieces gasquilian was driven up from his saddle with such force that being of huge bulk and falling upon the hard earth his right arm broke and he lay stunned 
and like a dead man the horse of amadis had his shoulder broken and he himself was somewhat stunned yet not so much but that he leaped from his horse before the beast fell and went on foot towards gasquilian to see whether he was dead when the emperor saw gasquilian lying for dead and amadis on foot he called out to floyan to advance and help the king of sweden don quatragante seeing them come on cried out attack them sir and leave not a man of them alive both sides then hastened to encounter but gandalin who saw his master on foot and was fearful for his safety rode the foremost to help him and seeing floyan in that front of his battle encountered him so rudely that floyan fell and he himself lost his stirrups but kept his seat both parties now strode to horse their knights and quadragante dismounted four romans before he broke his lance and the horse of the first was given by angriot to amadis meantime the romans carried gasquilian who was now recovering his senses out of the field gavarte of perilius vale and landon followed the path of quadragante these knights were used to such business and were before the host but when the two hosts encountered then was there such uproar that none could understand another and there might you behold horses without riders and riders some slain others wounded and trampled under foot floyan who was now horsed again and desirous both to gain honour and revenge to the death of salustan kido his kinsman made at angriot whom he saw doing great deeds in arms and struck him in the side so rudely that he well nigh dismounted him the blow broke his lance then drew he his sword and dealt a blow to enil which made the fire flash from his helmet and rode on between them so that neither could strike him in requital and they wondered at his courage and great prowess and before he joined his own people he met a knight of ireland one of the servants of don quadragante and cut him on the shoulders to the flesh and bone so that he was constrained to quit the field at this time amadis taking him with balais of carsanti and gandalin attacked the flank of the romans as fiercely as he could being enraged to see how they defended themselves his companions followed the path he made and he smote such strokes with his sword that the enemies were astonished and dismayed and gave way before him and strove to run the back behind their fellows like a flock of sheep when they are set upon by the wolves as he was thus making his way into the opposition a bastard brother of queen sadamira by name flamino who was a good knight advanced to meet him and pierced his shield with a brave encounter but then his lance failed him amadis thought to strike him on the helmet as he passed but he went by so fast that the blow fell upon the horse behind the saddle and cut away the greater part of his body and of his bowels so that flamineo fell with such violence that he thought his shoulders were burst asunder meantime don quadragante and they who were in his company pressed so closely upon the enemies that they would have destroyed them all if arquisil had not come up with the second division at his coming they took courage and such a shock was given that more than a thousand of the two sides were dismounted arquisil himself encountered landin the nephew of quadragante and both were driven to ground floyan who with fifty knights had succoured flamineo and remounted him now saw arquisil engaged afoot with landin and cried out knights of rome help your leader he himself with more than five hundred knights rode to his succour and landin would surely then have been slain if it had not been for angriot and enil 
and Gavate of Perilius Valley, who called upon Quadragante to support them without delay, and bested themselves so bravely that it was marvellous to behold their prowess. On the other part, Flaminio, who was again on horseback, collected a company and came to support his friends. The battle then waxed out, and so many knights were slain and beaten down that the field was covered with dead and wounded. But the Romans were so numerous that, Mogre all their enemies could do, they rescued Arcisil and got him to horse, and Quadragante and his knights did the same by Landon, for there were horses now at hand who had no riders. This while Amadis was doing wonders, and so well had he now made himself known that the Romans, whenever he appeared, gave way. Great need was there for such prowess, for the enemies were so many that had it not been for the goodness of the knights, they would have had it all their own way. But presently Agraes and Don Bruno came up with their division, and as the Romans were now confused, they broke them and divided them, so that they would have had no remedy. If the emperor himself had not now advanced with the five thousand knights, this occurred was so powerful that they had presently recovered the ground which they had lost. The emperor himself, armed as you have heard, led the way on a huge horse, being himself of great stature, and marvellously well did he appear, and was greatly admired. Balais of Karsande was the first whom he found before him. He struck his shield so rudely that the lance broke. Their horses encountered. The emperor's was fresh, but that of Balais could not stand the shock, and fell, and his master with him, who was sorely bruised with the fall. At this success the emperor was greatly elated. He drew his sword and shouted out, Rome, Rome, at them knights, let not a man escape and he thrust forward into the press, dealing about his blows like a good knight. As he was thus making his great havoc, he met with Don Quadragante, who on his part was laying about him, sword in hand. They seeing each other, both raised their swords, and gave such strokes on each other's helmets, that fire flashed from them. But as Don Quadragante was the stronger, and the emperor lost his stirrups with that blow, and was constrained to hold round his horse's neck, and was for a while astounded, it was so chance that Constantio, a young knight and a good, who was brother to Brondagel of the Rock, was hard at hand, and seeing his lord the emperor in this plight, he pricked forward, and made at Quadragante with an overall thrust of his lance, which pierced the shield and wounded him a little in the arm. Quadragante turned to strike him, and in the moment the emperor had time to shelter himself among his own knights. But Constantio, tarrying there no longer, rode away toward the part where Amadis fought, and when he saw the havoc he made, that not a man could stand before him, he was so astonished that he verily thought it was some devil come there to destroy them. While he was looking at him, a good knight, who governed the principality of Calabria for Salustan Kidio, came forward and struck the horse of Amadis in the neck. Amadis in requital gave it to him on the helmet and head through helmet and head. At this Constantio was greatly grieved for the loss of so good a knight, and he cried out to Floyan, Here, here, maim or kill this man, for this is he who destroys us without mercy. Both he and Floyan then rode up to him together and laid on him with their swords. It was Constantio whom Amadis struck in return. The sword came upon the rim of his raised shield and split it, and went through upon the helmet with such weight that Constantio fell stunned. More than twenty knights, who were appointed to look to Floyan, now joined, and all at once assailed Amadis, 
but they could not move him from his horse and every one was afraid to come too near him who had no need ever to make a second blow howbeit the romans were so many that elsewhere they had somewhat the advantage that killed the horses of agraes and don bruneo and angriot and surrounded the knights lacindo and gandalin and gavarte and branfil came to their succour but the multitude was so great that though with great danger that had beaten down and slain many knights they could not force their way to them at this time grasandor and don florestan came up oh sir florestan cried lacindo help here for your friends are lost come on then replied florestan and let us attack those who will not dare abide us then sword in hand he cut his way and those other knights with him to the place where their friends were so hardly beset who can tell the feats which were performed in that succour but set us what those knights had wrought being on foot and so few and surrounded by so many enemies cannot be told it would they even then have been in great danger if amadis had not heard the outcry he had now beaten down six of twenty who assailed him and the rest had retired and left him at liberty so he rode toward the press and knowing his friends by their arms called out to his people and followed by more than four hundred knights rode up to them at the same time floyan and arquisil and constantio came up with the greatest body that they could recollect and there began the fiercest and most perilous battle that ever man beheld then might you have seen amadis do such wonders as it was never before seen or heard that living man could perform that both friends and enemies marvelled to behold him and such an uproar arose then that the emperor and the greatest part of their army repaired thither a crossbowman rode to don quadragante who was in another part of the field and told him what was going on and he took with him a thousand knights from his division saying now sirs show your worth and follow me for your succour is needed and away they went he led the way so thick was the press that he could scarcely get at his enemies but he wheeled around and attacked them in flank with such an encounter that more than two hundred knights were overthrown down to the ground and i assure you that they whom he reached with a full stroke had never need of a surgeon at that hour arquisil and floyan and flaminio and many others of their comrades did so well that no knights could do better striving all they could to slay down agraes and those knights who were dismounted but florestan and other knights who had forced their way to them never gave back how hardly soever they were pressed and now are the romans so sharply set on by don quadragante and by amadis on other side who saw the feats of quadragante and so bestirred himself that he left not a man in the saddle whom he could reach and also by don gandales who had come up with eight hundred knights that they began to give around the emperor who from the time he had received that blow from quadragante had employed himself more in directing his troops than in fighting called out to rally them but with little effect for now agraes and angriot and don bruneo after so much peril and so hard contest got to horse at last and prickled forward into the press and drove back the romans till they had retired to the division of king arban of north wales about the hour of sunset he made way for their retreat to protect them but he did not advance to battle because the lateness of the evening and because king lisuarte 
had forbidden him for many of the other army had not as yet taken part in the battle they on their part ceased from pursuit and thus that day ended with great loss to both parties although the romans suffered most the field was in possession of amadis who had all his wounded men removed and his people spoiled their enemies but many of the wounded romans perished for want of help when the armies had thus withdrawn the religious men of two hosts went out to help the souls of those who were in need and when they beheld the great destruction that had been made and heard the cries of the wounded crying for pity and help they all agreed that it would be for god's service to make a truce that the wounded might have help and the slain be buried so they spoke to king lisuarte and to the emperor and also with king perion and a truce was made for the following day when morning came many went to the field to seek their kinsmen and friends and masters and then might you have beheld such lamentations on all sides as were pitiful to hear and how much more to see the wounded were all carried into the emperor's camp and the dead were buried so that the field remained clear that the whole day the knights passed in the refitting their arms and looking to their horses the wound in don quadragante's arm was dressed and though it was such that if a knight not so good as he had received it he would not have borne arms nor encountered danger till it was healed yet he would not be hindered from helping his comrades in the following battle on the following day they rose at dawn at the trumpet sound and heard mass and put themselves in array and it was determined on both sides that they who had not fought in the former battle should take the lead in this End of chapter twenty nine. Chapter thirty. What befell to either party in the second battle, and for what cause the battle was put a stop to. King Lisuarte placed in the van King Arban of North Wales, and Norandel, and Don Gillian the Pensive, and those other knights of whom you have heard. He and the King Sildadan came behind with their divisions to support them, and in the rear was the Emperor with all his force. King Perion gave the friend to his nephew Don Brian of Monjaste. He himself and Gastelus supported him with the banner of the Emperor of Constantinople, and then came the other divisions, so arranged that they would have borne least part of yesterday's battle, should now bear the brunt of this. When the ten armies drew nigh, the trumpet sounded, and the hosts of Don Brian and King Arban encountered with such a shock that more than five hundred knights were thrown, and their horses ran loose over the field don brian and king arban met they brake their lances and then fell to with their swords as men who well knew their business norandel and don gillian kept together and made great havoc among their foes and worse they would have made it had it not been for felineo a kinsman of don brian who collecting a body of spanish knights charged so hotly in that part where they fought that maugre all their efforts they made them give back and then the tumult became so great that king arban and don brian were separated by the throng each of those knights then did his best but the spaniards being more in number and better horsed had soon so greatly the advantage that their enemies would all have been cut off if king lisuarte and king sildadan had not advanced to help them their coming retrieved the loss king perion who saw the wrath with which lisuarte advanced then said to gastelis now my good sir let us go on and let us always look to the standard and then they made their onset king lisuarte received them like a man whose heart never failed you may believe 
that without doubt there was no knight in this time who more bravely adventured this person whenever his honour was concerned as you have seen throughout the great history who can tell the feats of chivalry that were now wrought when so many were engaged together certes it would be impossible for any one who would speak the truth for so many good knights were now slain and wounded that the horses could not set foot to ground without trampling on them king lisuarte like a man who esteemed his life as nothing thrust so bravely among his enemies that there was scarcely any man who would dare abide him king perion in another part as he was doing wonders encountered king sildaran but they because they knew each other would not engaged but passed on each felling down his opponents so great was the uproar that the emperor thought his friends were in danger and gave orders to his troops to make their attack upon that all the remainder of the army came up at the same time the rest of king perion's army advanced and then the whole of the both hosts were engaged and now were they all so intermingled that no one could attend to his leader they were so thronged that there was no room to strike not even with sword but by the force of hand they plucked their enemies down and in that affray they who were trampled to death under the horses feet were more in number than they who were perished by the sword the uproar and the noise were so great as well of voices of the din of arms that all the valleys of the mountain rung and it seemed as if the whole world were there assembled in arms and of truth you may believe not that the whole world but the most part and the flower of christendom was there which that day suffered a great loss that it did not for a long time recover therefrom this should be a warning to all christian princes to take heed how for their errors they make the innocent perish thus for pre-adventure because of their innocence they who are slain go to a happy place and a worse and more perilous death remains for those who cause the destruction though at the time they escape agrais who always was seeking king lisuarte now saw that he had just broke his lance in overthrowing dragonis whom he was about to strike with the sword upon this agrais cries out at me at me king lisuarte for i am the man who most hate thee the king turned and seeing him they made at each other with such fury that they met too closely to strike agrais then let his sword hung by the chain and grappled with them now as you have heard heretofore agrais was the most impetuous knight and of the best heart of any that lived in his time and if his strength had been equal to his courage there would not have been a better knight in the world and as it was he was one of the good men so they grappled then and struggled each to throw the other and agrais would have found himself in danger for the king was of greater stature and strength than he if king perion had not come up and with him florestan and landin and enil and many other knights they came to help agrais and on the other side don gillian and norandel and brandoius and giontes who always kept a watchful eye upon the king sword in hand they all came up for their lances had long been broken both parties striving to succour their friends but the king and agrais grappled so closely that they could not separate them neither could the one overthrow the other for both were upheld by their comrades as the press of the battle was now round about them the uproar brought thither many knights on both sides among others don quadragante came up and seeing what it was he forced his way through he could not strike at the king lest the blow should wound agrais but he laid hold on him and plucked so smartly 
that he had well nigh overthrown both and though the knights of lisuarte laid on him a heavy load of blows yet would he not lose his hold at this time king arban came up who till now had been with the emperor and seeing the king's danger he was greatly dismayed but he thrust forward and seized quadragante forcibly in his arms and thus they were all four entangled and round about the king perion and his knights and normandel and Guilion, and their comrades all fiercely battling while they were in this tumult the emperor and king sildadan came up with three thousand knights and galtinus and grasondor with great company on the other side all these came on with such force and the press became so great that they who were struggling and clasped together were fain to release each other and all four remounted on horseback though so exhausted that they could scarcely keep their seats but now so great a multitude thronged to succour of the king Dizuarte, that the day would have been lost if it had not been for the great birth of king perion and don quadragante and don florestan and the knights with them who valiantly bore the brunt of the assault at this time amadis came from the right wing of the battle where he had slain constantio with one blow and broken the enemy his sword was bloody up to the hilt and he rode a fresh horse which he had just taken from one of the pages count galtinus and gandalin and trion came with him and when he saw so many attacking his father and the emperor pushing on like a man who thought the day his own he spurred his horse and made so fierce an assault that it was marvellous to behold him floyd knew his arms and being fearful that if he encountered the emperor all his people would not be able to save him thrust forward adventuring his own self to save his masters don florestan placed himself by the side of amadis and seeing floyan encountered him with such blows that he beat him from his horse and what with the wound and with the crowd who trampled on him floyan was there slain amadis meantime had set his eyes upon the emperor and his heart upon killing him he made at him through the throng and maugre all resistance forced his way to him and dealt him a blow that made him drop his sword and reel in that saddle before he fell amadis drew down the sword a second time it came upon the shoulder and cut through the armour and flesh and bone slicing down so that the whole quarter hung loose and the emperor fell and was dead presently when the romans saw their emperor slain they set up such a cry that all who heard turned thither and among the rest arcisel and flaminio came up with many other knights and beset amadis and florestan but then count galtinus and gandalin and trion called out to don bruno and angriot to join them and they five made their way to their succour king perion meantime and agraes and quadragante were engaged against king lisuarte and king sildadan and then was the hottest fight that had been seen that day and the greatest slaughter but now don brian of monjusti and don gondalus who had collected about six hundred horse made so fierce a charge in the part where amadis was fighting that the enemy's preforce were driven back at the great outcries which were then heard king arban turned his head and seeing how that romans were losing the field he said to lisuarte retire sir or you are lost when the king heard this he looked around and saw that it was true he then bade king sildadan help him to withdraw his men in good order that they might not be destroyed and thus they retreated still facing their enemies and making his head against them till they had fallen back as far as the romans and then they all halted and stood their ground for norandel and don gillian and sandal of ganato and ladasin and many other knights 
went to assist the romans they being the weakest but all was in vain for the battle was lost amadis now saw that lisuarte had utterly lost the day and that if he pursued his victory it would be no longer in the power to save the king nor his own good friends who were on that side but above all he remembered that he was the father of oriana and called to mind the favours which he and his lineage had once received at his hands and he knew that forbearance now would be to his glory and attributed to exceeding virtue not to lack of strength for romans were carrying their emperor from the field with great lamentations and scattered in confusion the night was now at hand and he resolved though with danger of some shame to try if he could now serve his lady so taking with him count galtinus he rode between the two armies with great peril for his own people now knowing their advantage pressed so upon the foe that none except lisuarte and sildadan and the best knights could now make any defence they rode up to king perion and amadis said to him sir night comes on so fast that we shall soon not be able to distinguish one another and if the battle be continued there is a danger lest we slay our friends as well as our enemies we had better call back the troops and the enemies have received such a loss that i believe they will not dare abide us on the morrow the king who was grieved in his heart to see so many perish who had no fault replied let it be son as you have said that there be no further slaughter god who knows all things sees that we forbear for his sake for they are all at our mercy agraes whom amadis did not see was near king perion and heard all that was said how sir cousin quoth he now that you have conquered your enemies and are now at the point of becoming the most honourable prince in the world would you stay and spare them now amadis replied sir cousin i would spare our own people lest in darkness they should slay one another as for the enemy i hold them as conquered for they can make no defence but agraes who well knew what was his intention exclaimed since you will not conquer you ought not to command and you deserve always to be an errant knight since at such time you suffer compassion to overcome you but do as you please then king perion on one side with don quadragante who was nothing sorry for the resolution because of king childadan with whom he was so nearly connected and now he loved so well and amadis and gastilis on the other side began to recall the troops which they did with little difficulty for it was now night king lisuarte who had no hope of recovering the field and was resolved to die rather than be conquered was greatly astonished to see these knights withdraw their troops and well knew that it was not done without some great cause and he stood still to see what would come of it now when king sildadan beheld what the enemies were about he said to lisuarte i believe these people do not pursue us that they may do us honour since it is so let us secure our retreat and go to rest for it is time this accordingly they did for king arban of north wales and don guilan the pensive and arcisil and flaminio brought off the romans and thus then this great battle ended as you have heard now because the beginning of all this great history was founded upon the love of king perion and queen elisena by whom this knight amadis was begotten from whose love for his lady oriana all this great outcry had proceeded although it may appear somewhat from the purpose yet reasonable it is that for this reason and for the excuse of those who love like him it should be said now the strength of love is above the strength of all other things 
seeing that it is such an affair as this so famous in all the world where so many nations were assembled and there was so great slaughter and the honour of victory was so great love had such power above anger and rage and pride and old hatred that this knight forewent the glory of the greatest victory in the world whereby his enemies were saved as you have heard the destruction of king lisuarte and all his people was then in the hands of amadis but it is not reasonable that this should be attributed to any other than that lord who is the helper of all things and we may well believe that it was permitted by him for the sake of the great peace and concord which ensued after this great enmity as you shall hear the armies being thus separated and having retired to their camps truce was made for two days because the dead were so many what trouble there was in burying them and what mourning was made i may be excused from relating because the death of the emperor made all other losses be as it were forgotten and because it would be tedious End of chapter 30 Read by Lambda